Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. Welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona and fall. Autumn. I think autumn is actually next week. Is that right? Yeah, next week. Uh, as far as uh, the official start of, of fall. And so we're feeling that in the air. It's it's kind of warm during the day. But boy, is it crisp and beautiful and clean and clear during the evenings and, and mornings. Oh, it's so nice. It's why we live up here in God's country. This beautiful mountain. The mountain towns of Arizona are just, they're the best. So I, I've, I've gone all over the country um, this last month. So I was up in Portland, Oregon. I used to like Portland, but that downtown area has just been trashed. I don't know what happened to the last since COVID started, but homeless are everywhere. The place smells. All the the businesses are, are boarded up. A lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them. You can tell something nasty has gone on in that downtown area. Uh, to, the, across the river, towards the convention center, that's where I kind of stayed. Uh, it is kind of nice, that side of the river, but the downtown, it's got voodoo donuts. It's got uh, great fish, seafood places. It just You kind of want to be on the, the true downtown heart of Portland. And I'll tell you, it's it's now crossed off one of my favorite cities list. It's not there. I was on the East Coast, Delaware, uh, Wilmington, Delaware. This is the DuPonts and that whole you know industry right there in the Delaware River. It's beautiful. It's so humid. Oh my gosh, it's going to melt. And they're, they're kind of funny. I don't know that that Philadelphia, Wilmington, that whole area right there. They're they're afraid. I don't know what it, COVID really hurt them because the downtown is not. There's no activity. It's like you can tell there's a marked reduction just in people there. Now the place, the town is beautiful. It's great, but. They just was this. The restaurants were shut down. They they were on short hours. They couldn't get enough staff. It's really affected them in a, in a in a heartfelt way. I feel for the small companies there. But but who would live there? Why wouldn't you come to come to Arizona, the God's country? Don't go to Phoenix. Don't go to Tucson. It's beautiful up here, a mile high or more in the mountains of Arizona. The air is crisp and clean and clear. Ah. The fall color is just starting to show up. That's one thing uh, that uh, we're starting to see a lot of, especially our desert or Southern California, more tropical type of, of homeowners that are here now. They've not experienced four seasons and their trees are starting to turn color and they're going, what's wrong? Do I have to worry? Oh, oh my, what's going on? What can I spray on it? What can I do? I'm going, well, there's nothing you can do. Uh, the, the shorter days and cooler nights have triggered fall and so you're seeing autumn colors starting just starting to show up anything that's even remotely stressed it's going to put itself to bed early and so it will it will start a little bit earlier two or three weeks ahead of let's say the rest of the birch trees or sycamores or maples in in the neighborhood but it's on time it's here within two weeks fall is going to be everywhere maples are going to be red the the uh, by October one. I mean, sycamores are turning color. The, the the locust and ash will start turning color. So it's just we'll be in full autumn glory at this point. Don't worry. 
as you see autumn colors show up in your neighborhood, that's a cue for a couple things you need to do in the landscape. The one most important thing you can do for the landscape. In the autumn of the year, it is so critically important to fertilize the entire yard. Now, we use a good organic granular food so that it slowly breaks down over the entire winter season. And so we make our own. We, we, I'm recommending right now 744 all-purpose plant food. And so for you folks that are numbers people, you, you my accountants, the, the nurses, you, you all know, the engineers, you know who you are. So you all love numbers. Well, Ken, why don't I use an, a 15-15-15 or a 21-0-10 or what, what do the numbers mean? So 744, 7% nitrogen, 4% phosphorus, 4% potash. It always represents the first number's nitrogen, then phosphorus, then potash. And so you're getting the rating. And fertilizer, it's not the bigger the number, the better it is. That is not how fertilizer works. Some of these big numbers, 15, 15, 15, the plant might only pick up 15%, 10% of the fertilizer. The rest gets flushed away. It's it's releasing too quickly. Those are usually chemical fertilizers or, or petroleum-based fertilizers. Whereas an organic with a lower number can actually be better because it's breaking down slower and it's in a form that the plant can pick up easier. And so virtually 100% of that food will be picked up by with an organic fertilizer whereas a synthetic, let's say ammonium sulfate, aluminum sulfate, some, some of these other fates that are out there, those aren't as good. And so sometimes your national branded you know, Scots and some of these Peters, all these big names, they, they may or may not be better. I think you're better off, especially in the high country, the mountains of Arizona, where we're drinking well water, especially if you've got your own well. Don't put chemicals on your soil if you're on a well. You could poison yourself. This stuff's super liquid. It, it liquefies and just it, it just breaks down so quickly in the rain or water. Organics don't do that. They break down slowly and the plants pick it all up. So just, I'm on my soapbox a little bit, but fertilize is the most important thing. And a mistake I'm finding right now is we had some rain a month ago and folks turned their irrigation off or throttled it back. And I've had more cases just this week of obviously the plant did not get enough moisture, didn't get enough water. The irrigation has not been running often enough. Oh, Ken, it rained, you know, 11 inches at my house. Well, it did at my house too. But it doesn't mean it rained very much in the last three weeks. And plants need, they're thirsty. They're actively growing right now. They're physically putting larger root structures on right now. This is when a lot of root, root growth happens. It's in the fall, late summer through, through autumn season. Encourage that. It needs moisture to pull that off. And so turn that irrigation back on. You should be watering your landscape at least once a week right now. If you've got a lot of new plants or it's a brand new house, twice a week. These are trees and shrubs. I'm not talking tomatoes and you know your flowers and stuff, containers. I'm talking about in the yard. They should be watered at least once a week to twice a week if it's a, brand, a lot of brand new plants. Deep soak it infrequently, and it, it will rebound very, very quickly. So just watch that watering. Don't, don't, I've just seen too many mistakes. It's apparent that the rain of, of yester month you know, July and August uh, has fooled people into thinking, oh, the ground's moist. Well, it dries out just as fast, just as quick as, as, it, as it was moistened. So take care of them. Another one, we made national news this week. 
So swarms of, of black beetles swarm the Prescott area. These are blister beetles. They're very common, very prevalent uh, in the late, basically through autumn. They're very prevalent, and they love the valley areas. They love Prescott Valley, Paulden, Chino Valley, the valleys. They, they just love that area, and it's literally a cloud of thousands of beetles. They all take flight at once. They form a cloud, and then they just take off, and they hover and look to see what tree they want to to land on. They'll literally strip a very large tree in hours. You need to be ready. When you see that, spray them. They're super easy to kill. And when you see that, you want to spray them with Sayonara. This is a, a good, it's a friendly permethrin-based liquid. Usually I'll take a hose-in sprayer because they're landing in a mimosa, ash trees. They'll strip a, a, a desert willow, brooms. There's certain things they really like. They all land on that one bush, strip it clean, decide to take flight and go to the next tree. That's how they operate. So you need to be ready. So hose-in sprayer with Sayonara obliterates them. They'll literally drop before your eyes right there on the spot. So Lisa Waters Lane is coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Hi, Waters with the Plants of the Week and our Gold Flame Honeysuckle. Wonderfully fragrant. These blooms are in full color right now and will stay that way until the first frost of October. These pink and gold blooms are irresistible to hummingbirds and butterflies alike. Excellent as a quick ground cover, but robust enough to climb vertical structures and fences, all for under $37. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love blooming vines, they love to shop. 300,000? Imagine a landscape needing 300,000 trees. Wow! But that's exactly how many trees Frederick Olmsted planted in New York's Central Park. That guy liked trees. Me too. A 2014 study found the more trees in a neighborhood, the lower the incidence of heart disease. Darwin, Einstein, and Beethoven hung out with trees to help them think. Trees are part of nature that helps us relax, daydream, and feel happier. Plant your own Central Park from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. You are tuned into the Mountain Gardener. Uh, your host, Ken Lane, and my lovely, lovely assistant, Lisa Waters Lane. I said lovely. <laughs> so, anyway, Lisa, she comes in with your garden question. Just what are people talking about in the landscape? What are your neighbors seeing in their yard? And we try to share that. Uh, mm-hmm. We get through this through emails or just things on the floor or just uh, people coming in. This, These are the top questions for this week. Lisa, welcome. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Good to be back. It is good to be back. So <laughs> don't, don't, you, look, anywhere, don't but... you look forward to this segment every single week? I do. Actually, it's kind of hard to come up with topics every week. It is. 10 minutes nonstop. And then I do the other. You do two segments. I'm doing four. So yeah. an hour's worth of airtime. It's true. But you have a lot more words rolling around in your head than I do in mine. So. Anyway, what kind of questions we got? What do, you, sure. what do you got going on? Well, Sherry has a question. She moved into a home with some lovely grasses, uh, Carl Forrester, Pampas grass. And she wants to know 
Uh, do they have to be cut back, first sure. of all? And if so, what time of year do you do it? So your grasses are in all their glory right now. So pampas grass, uh, coral foresters, bunny grass. There's, there's, we've gotten some huge selections of grasses in. They're all in bloom. They're just stunning. Yeah, they're gorgeous. You let them bloom through the end of the year, usually sometime in January. They're, they're now tan colored. So their they're green is pretty much gone for most grasses. Sometimes mm -hmm. pampas can hold it a little longer. But you enjoy the structure. So even with just the plumes... And now they're straw colored. They're still really pretty. Good texture, mm -hmm. colors, just interesting. And so enjoy those. Sometime in January, the snows come. There's been a rain or two. And they start to lay over. And then they start to lose their mm -hmm. shape. So that's your cue. Eh, you don't look so good anymore. I'm cutting you off. And then you go through and you cut them back. Mm -hmm. Most grasses, you're cutting back pretty much to ankle level. Uh, some, if they're really big, like pampas grass, you might go knee level or so. Yeah. But you're cutting back to that curly cue or matted area mm -hmm. that you'll naturally see at the base of that grass, cut it back. And then in March, you're going to fertilize it again and it will start to, to grow back up and it grows and grows and grows. And then sometime in summer, it starts to plume again. And then it just does that through the end of the year. So it's mm -hmm. got a very long, pretty cycle to it. Right. Even with it's, whether it's green or, or brown or straw colored, sometimes they turn red, they turn mm -hmm. different colors. Mm -hmm. Enjoy that. Don't feel like you're rushed, but you prune back grasses after the new year through March or so. Okay. And then you just enjoy them the rest of the year. The main thing with grass is you need to fertilize them because they're very, mm -hmm. if you fertilize them more regularly, you, they get better color, they get chubbier, fuller, and the, the plumes on them will be very large and way more of them. If you don't fertilize them uh, at least three times a year, uh, the, 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 the like pampas grass, they're real thin and wispy. Yeah, they, just, they don't look, they look mangy, not right. sexy, voluptuous, pretty, just, <laughs> oh my gosh, look, look at me. Voluptuous. Well, some grasses are. <laughs> they, they have that pretty look to them. I don't that know. is true. That is true. Yeah. I would agree. I would agree. So Did good idea to cut them back. Some people don't do it, but it really is healthier for them to be cut back. The one that doesn't get cut back would be like bear grass. B-E-A-R, oh, yeah. bear, the native That's one. That's not even really a true. Yeah, it's, it's, but it's called a grass. But yeah. Don't cut that one because it's evergreen. Yuccas, those mm -hmm. are not grasses. They right. stay evergreen. Mm -hmm. So don't cut those back. And we're talking true ornamental grasses, not lawn. A pretty grass. It's up you know, knee high to head high, mm -hmm. somewhere in the yard. Those do better when they're cut back in the winter, early, early spring sometime. Yep. Uh, and, and then if you don't, what happens is like pampas grass. It has brown stems, leaves coming out. And then you get some green ones. You get this mishmashed yeah. green, brown. If you just cut it back, fertilize it, it'll all be green and pretty and just looks better, cleaner, neater. Okay. All right. Next question is from Anne. She's pulling out her summer veggies. Done. Tired of them. Just done. Okay. So she wants to put get the bed ready for fall crops. Yeah. And she wants to know, is it okay to plant rather you know quickly after you pull the summer ones out? Yeah. And what kind of nutrients and what would you add sure. to the soil? Yeah. So that's a great so we have three main planting seasons here. Early spring. So really, yeah, really three. Early spring. So you're you're planting all that leafy stuff. We're talking March and April, first part of May. Mm -hmm. It's still frosty, but it's it's bright days. Those, you're planting spinach and lettuce and kale and cabbage and broccoli, Brussels sprouts, all those, you're harvesting the flower or the foliage. Mm -hmm. Those things like the cold. So you plant them while it's still cold out. Then comes the summer 
planting season. That's what we're talking about. Cucumbers, saying you're harvesting the fruit. Mm -hmm. So tomatoes, eggplants, uh, watermelons, pumpkins, things you're harvesting the fruit, not the foliage. Those are all summer plants. Mm -hmm. They don't like the cold. They like the heat. So typically the locals here, at least in the central highlands area of Arizona, we're we're planting after Mother's Day. because that's typically... The last frost, typically, not always, but we'll start planting there. Then they're starting to lose production. So you've picked the eggplants off and they just aren't producing like they were. The days are getting shorter. So plant the summer plants love, I mean, 24-7 daylight, if you could give it to them. 100 degrees, that's good. They're okay with all that heat. It's now cooling down and the nights are cool and the days are shorter. So they're starting to, some of those big tomatoes, they won't, they just aren't forming tomatoes like they were two months ago. Mm-hmm. So when they stop producing, rip them out of the ground. You're done with them. Why water those things? They don't need it. And then that frees up space for the next season, which is we have a whole nother fall season, kind of like the early spring, the same plants you plant in early, early spring, you can plant starting now and they'll produce right through winter. So kale, we, we pick a, a Swiss chard right through winter, mm-hmm. uh, uh, parsley, uh, spinach, all, all the winter, the things you're harvesting, the leafy things, those go in now. Mm-hmm. And so if you were to have, let's say, lettuce back in the summer, it turns this bitter off color. It doesn't goes like the seed. heat. Yeah. It goes to seed. You plant it now. Taste, it just melts in your mouth. It's mm-hmm. just so you can get to all these exotic varieties. So plant now. How to get the soil ready. Those summer plants are really big plants and they they eat a lot of the nutrients. They use it up out of the soil. So you want to reintroduce that. So add some compost, maybe even some manure. If it's a raised bed or, or a container, add some more potting soil mm-hmm. and just add some freshness into that soil and then start plugging right away. You can plant right now uh, through really Halloween or so. You got, got quite an open window mm-hmm. here. And we've got crop rotations. The, the fall crops are here. So all those starts... Better to go with a start right now than a yeah, seed. I agree. So they root out faster. So mm-hmm. I think you I get more crop. I beat around the bush a couple <laughs> times, but I think we answered her question. Yes, I think do so. it. Yes. Yeah. And add stuff into your soil or freshen it back up. Fertilize, okay. fertilize, fertilize. Yep. Right. The all-purpose food and the fruit and uh, fruit and veggie food would be excellent. Fruit too. and veggie is probably ideal yeah. for those crops because we've loaded that particular food. We, we make our own foods with a lot of calcium. Mm-hmm. And the calcium is what brings out the flavor, it makes a cauliflower size head bigger, makes, brings on more broccoli heads, makes them sweeter, better okay. tasting and larger. All right. Well, our next question is from Ted. He had a large Arizona Cypress that yeah. got taken out by a car. Part oh, of it got no. taken out. Oh, that hurts. His question is, will, will that put new branches out or is that always going to be a, a horrible <sighs> reminding scar? <laughs> it's always going to be a horrible reminding conifers. So, so all your evergreens, the, 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 the things with needles typically are called conifers. So uh, mm-hmm. cypress, cedars, junipers, spruce, fir, they're all conifers. Mm-hmm. Conifers do not typically their new growth comes on the tips, outer edges and on the inside of the tree, if a major branch is broken off, the bark is so thick that the new leaf buds can't really come mm-hmm. through that bark. And so it never really grows on the inside of that tree. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what happened, but if the tree hit it, broke a branch and had a big mangy scar down the trunk, uh, paint it black. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing you can really do. It's, Plant the tree in front of it. It's, it's not going to put new limbs out. Of unfortunately that not. Right. What you can do, what will happen is if you fertilize, I have to give it a really good dose. So that's for the all purpose plant food. 
Uh, that that's a better, it's more acidic. Mm -hmm. Evergreens love that food. Right. Put it on now, put it on again, let's say next March. And what you're going to do is not grow out of that mark, but grow, make the side branches to grow sideways mm -hmm. filler. So it'll fill in from the side branches. Mm -hmm. It'll finally grow that way because it gets all the sunlight. I wouldn't try to grow it out of the, out of the trunk, but out of the whatever those side branches are. And yeah. Arizona cypress, they get 25 feet wide. I mean, they're, they're, mm -hmm. they're magnificent. Encourage it to get wider and chubbier and it'll all be good. So should he, oh, we're out of time. Never we mind. are out of time. There we go. <laughs> good questions this week, folks. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners, will be right back after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. the Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Hi, Ken, with the Plants of the Week and our Ivory Feathers Pampas Grass. The most majestic of all grasses, this dwarf pampas grass blends perfectly into landscapes. In bloom at Waters now with long stalks of ivory plumes held tall above flowing green foliage that only grows head high. Much easier to maintain, this crop is the nicest you'll find in only $39.99. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love ivory grasses, they love to shop. This is Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center, and we're here at the Garden Center floor asking customers, why do you garden? Very relaxing and interesting, and I love watching the hummingbirds in the summer. And why do you like shopping at Waters Garden Center? There's so much variety, lot of choice, and everybody knows everything about the stuff they sell, which is very good. Waters Garden Center, helping people reconnect. At 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love to garden, love to shop. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lang. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lang. So when you're planting fall, it's a good time to plant. The, the soil is very warm. I'd say it's even a, a peak time. We're coming into a time when you start to plant trees. You start new lawns through October. This is like the best time to start a brand new lawn or overseed or extend your mowable type of grasses. So, so lawns. It's a time that you fertilize. You put things to bed. You, you help them to slow down off this summer high things have been growing like crazy now they're starting to grow roots like that before they were growing foliage now they're growing roots it's time to fertilize those things it's also time to decorate planting like pansies kale snapdragons all that fall wintry kind of 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 plants flowers you can have flowers here in the mountains the central highland area at least i don't know about flagstaff gets colder Williams is definitely colder. White Mountains, you all are definitely colder. But here in the Central Highlands, Kingman, over to Prescott, you know, Skull Valley, over towards Cottonwood, Sedona, back towards Payson, that area, this this Central Highlands area, this this thirty five hundred, uh, fifty five hundred, six thousand foot level, we can have flowers year round. We can we can have edibles. We can harvest from our gardens year round. You just have to work with the seasons. You have to change things out. And now is the time when you're changing things out. So those zinnias that are starting to fade, if they even look remotely off, 
pull them out of the ground and replace them with something that's a winter bloomer. Your fall and winter flowers, Johnny Jump Ups, Violas, Pansies, uh, flowering stocks, mums, our perennials that come back year after year. Put some of those in the gardens. If you're planting trees and shrubs, this, we just had, I don't know, a hundred of red maples show up. They are perfect. They're gorgeous because they're going to go into color here in a couple of weeks and there'll be this run on them. There, people will just go, whoo, what is that? I want one of those. And so we're gearing up and getting ready for them. So we just had some 20 foot uh, maples show up and these are expensive trees. They sold like that, all four of them, instantly. We just got another 100, like 5 to 10-gallon sizes. These are the medium-sized trees. So when you're planting those, this is a good time. Be assured. This is to reassure you folks from the, the deserts. You're going, oh, I don't know. It's going to be cold soon. But maples, they like the cold. It's good for them. And so there, there's virtually no transplant shock when you put them in this time of year, yet lots of root growth. So it's a really good time. If you're, if you're planting now, though, you just have to commit to watering those trees, those new plants, at least twice a month. If you're doing that right through winter, January, we just had six inches of snow two weeks ago. It's beautiful out right now. I feel like going outside, I'm going to commit to watering those trees at least two times a month, by hand if you need to. Just water them so that will keep them alive and activate those leaf buds so they take off with new growth next spring. You can plant. Also, our soil is not very nice here. So don't just chuck a tree or a shrub or don't just put things in the ground you actually have to do some work. You have to, the, the hole, the planting hole, the depth of that, that new tree or shrub should be the same depth as your bucket. Whatever that root size, that's how deep the hole needs to be. But it needs to be three times as wide and kind of saucer shaped. It should look like a bowl when you get all done. So three times the width, same depth. And then add all that dirt that comes out of that particular hole, screen it. Don't let anything bigger than a golf ball go back in. Those the bigger chunks, bigger rocks, granite, roots, debris, as those things heat up in summer, they, they almost bake the roots. So you want to screen that out. You want smaller particles that hold more water molecules uh, around that root ball in the heat of summer. It's a, it's, so you might have to do a lot of work. Some of you are going to hit a, a boulder and go, oh my gosh, there is, there's no soil left. You might have to bring in some topsoil to help, help supplement and bring that soil back up. When you've got all that dirt screened, you need to add some organic. So that's mulch. You want to add composted mulch. This is compost into that native earth. So you want to keep it from compacting back down and becoming rock hard. So there, you're adding about 25%, maybe 50% mulch to your native earth, or about one scoop of mulch for three scoops of native soil. And blend that all together. And that's what you're going to use to backfill around that root ball as you set that new maple tree or spruce or pine in that hole. It's a good time to plant those. Pack that soil right around, water it in real good, and then sprinkle some all-purpose plant food. This is a slow-release organic. Um, I think you should use that over the entire yard, but especially new plants. Sprinkle some of this on, and every time it snows or rains or you irrigate, a little bit of food will, germinate, will, will release around that root ball. It encourages stronger, deeper roots. When you're all done, water it in with root 
and to grow. This is a compost tea that we brew up here at Waters Garden Center. It's, it looks like compost tea. That's what it is. But plants love it. They start to root out even stronger when you do that. And I would do that oh, at least twice to three times. So I'd, I'd follow root and grow at first. It's, it's a concentrate. You add it to your water. And then uh, I would follow up in about two weeks and maybe in a month, do it again. And so three times. And then, then you're kind of, you'll never put the root and grow on again. Now the food is doing its work. And that's how you plant things. It's that easy. So I just described, a, whenever you buy a tree or shrub from us here, here in Prescott, we're going to give you a handout that shows you how to do that. Every single plant goes, a vine, a tree, a shrub gets our planting guide. And that's how you put a plant in your yard this fall. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our instant Raywood Ash. Raywoods are known for their handsome fall foliage that turns colors of red to royal purple. Just stunning. The leaves have a fine texture which add a softness to harsh rock yard. At $120, these instant trees are magnificent. 12 feet tall with a 6 foot spread. You won't have to wait for this tree to grow up. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love instant trees, they love to shop gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-Home Garden Consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. All right, so we've got Lisa Waters Lane back in the studio. She comes each week with this garden segment, just getting a different perspective. What are you seeing in the garden center or in your own gardens? What have you been talking about? Just sharing a new garden concept. So it's not just all about what's in my head. The more gardeners you have in a garden, the better I find. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you. So Good how you. how are your gardens, little girl? My gardens are beautiful. They sure are. Oh, my gosh. But I got to tell you. So I've been staying at my dad's house. Just long story. But I was taking little schnauzers, walking through some of the neighborhoods. And my goodness, people... You need to get out into your yard <laughs> and you need to do something. Some of it, the two things I noticed that really trash a house, really bring it down. Number one, weeds. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Cut those weeds down. <laughs> They're too tall. They just make it look run down and old. And the second one was something dead in your yard, whether, yeah, you know, shrub, bad. tree, Whatever. It's just dead. It's been dead. And you keep thinking, I should cut that down, but you don't. Or it might come back. <laughs> it's it ain't going to come back yeah. at this late date. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, um, and I get it. People are busy. They have things to do. But I really encourage people to go stand in front of your house for yeah. like five minutes and just take a look at it. Um, because there's so few things. I mean, you could 
couple of little things and it would just look like a new house. So. A mom at the front door and a pumpkin oh, yeah. as a game changer. That's all right. it takes. Let's dig very much yeah, uh, so. to, to really decorate and dress things up. Yeah. So that's my little soapbox today before. Oh, you don't get on that soapbox <laughs> as often as I do. Walk them up. Walk them up here. Because it'll make your house prettier. You'll feel better. Yep. Your neighborhood looks better. It's just nicer. So on that vein... So we did get some, uh, it's that season, pansies, violas are here. I love pansies and violas. Oh my goodness, tough, tough little plants that take the cold weather and just keep going. Uh, one of the real pretty ones we got in is called Radiance Red. So it's kind of a burgundy red, but it has a yellow center to it. So it really contrasts really nicely. You Very know, pretty. you need to bring these in. The, this this I... isn't just the radio show. This is also video vlog. I'm not used to that. Signals AZ picks it up. I know. Press e News. So the people can see it on the oh, screen. It's I'm right there. Sorry. Okay. Next time, time, folks, we'll try to get better. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, there's also a radiance violet, which is the same thing. So it's kind of purpley on the edge and yellow in the center. Yeah. Just really, pretty. really pretty. Uh, Johnny jumps up. Blah, blah, blah. Johnny jump ups, which are my favorite little violet. They have the two colors on them. Yeah. Frequently reseed, and you see little ones coming little up. Monkey face on it. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really cute. So we have those in as well. Uh, we also got some stock in, which Ooh, is that's so fragrant. a horrible oh. name for a beautiful, yeah. very fragrant annual plant. And it's just, I love it by the front door or where you're sitting because um, the days are getting to where we can sit outside again, not so hot. Um, and they just, they fill the air with the fragrance. Very, very pretty. I love the stock. So, and then we also got some frizzle sizzle pansies in, and Those that's that little ruffled edged one. Yeah. So, uh, Snapdragons, Dusty Miller, Alyssum, all that wonderful stuff. Now, to, these are all things you can plant. We oh, haven't yeah. had these through the summer because they don't right. like the heat. Right. They like to be planted now and they'll bloom. This is oh, hard for our Midwest too. folks. Oh, yeah. they're, they're thinking, oh, it'll get too cold. It doesn't get that cold here right. and it doesn't get that hot in the summer. We're kind of the perfect place. Yeah. You plant them now and they mm -hmm. last almost indefinitely through, through, yeah. through winter, next spring. My parents still have some pots with pansies in them. They're under a tree that. where they're a little shaded. Yeah. But I was like, holy cow, those have done well. Yeah. So great plants to look at. Also, we got some new grasses in. And these are bold and beautiful grasses. New. new yeah. Brand new. Uh, we got one that's called the redhead. It's a penicetum, so it's more like a fountain grass. Kind yeah, of thing. shorter. Yeah. Maybe he, hip high or so. I'm not I think quite that three much. Three feet is yeah. its max. Yeah. Um, but they're, they got the plumes on them. They're gorgeous. They're, they're absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, good one to mix with it is the blonde ambition. So you've got a redhead and a blonde out in the yard. <laughs> you know? So that's the native one here that grows wild yes. here. And it is really migrants. pretty. Yeah. Uh, puts on that little inch or so long little bright yellow plume on it. It's Looks just, like little butterflies or something yeah. floating, hovering above the, the foliage, mm -hmm. which is quite striking when there's a little bit of breeze. Right, right. And we got some more uh, Carl Forrester. We'd been out for a while, but Carl Forrester is a terrific grass for here. Um, one of the first ones to bloom is just uh, has a nice kind of wheat looking plume to it. Very attractive. Great for going into fall with to have those plumes Carl on there. Forrester, I think it's been the perennial of the year. Uh, like a decade ago, but it's, it's <laughs> looks so good yeah. that uh, it's been noticed by gardeners yeah. for, for now a decade. It's, just, mm -hmm. it's a perfect little grass and it grows, it naturalizes here 
yeah. in this highland high, you know, mountain area of Arizona. It loves growing here. Mm -hmm. So if you've been looking for ornamental grasses, now's the, time. now's the time to be out shopping those. We got some other new stuff in that's really cool. We got a new uh, ground covered juniper. It's called a uh, Guernsey Green. It's a Guernsey terrible Green. name. It's okay, a horrible Guernsey name. So, so the listeners haven't checked out yet. So just kind of... <laughs> Tell us about Guernsey green. Well, it's kind of a real pretty kind of sagey green. It's not the dark green. It's not blue. Oh. It's kind of right in between. Gets about three inches tall, but That's it'll cool. spread five to 10 feet. Yeah, nice. Uh, just a real pretty, came from Eastern Wyoming. Perfect. So it is a tough little nut. Yeah. And once it's established, it's going to be very, very drought hardy, um, animal disease resistant. So if, you, if you've got some areas you want to cover, That'd be perfect to go through. I've heard that that the Guernsey green, that's one of the few junipers that will actually grow well in the shade as Ooh. well as the sun. It's oh, really okay. versatile. Yeah. We're talking to the breeders and the different cool. growers of it. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, Good to know. We got some new moon glow junipers in. So yeah. those are the tall upright ones, kind of a grayish tone, gray blue yeah. tone to them. Um, they're going to get, about 20 feet tall, about eight feet wide. So uh, similar in color to the Wichita blue, I would say, but they get bigger than the Wichita yeah. blue. So, and Your they're privacy, pretty. Go with that one. Yeah. Privacy. The, the upright junipers, they're methodical. They grow consistently. Mm -hmm. And once they're filled in, they live forever. They're going to outlive you and I. If, if they're cared for even remotely, right. they're going to outlive live you and I. Let's hope that we got some more, some smaller sizes of the blue ice, Arizona Cypress. So we've, we've had some big ones. We were out hunting for smaller sizes for people. And um, so I think we've got six gallon and 10 gallon somewhere in there. Um, but another one that's just really, I love the color of the blue ice. Yeah. It's just so pretty. Uh, and it doesn't get as big as the standard, but still a nice size. We make a good screen. Definitely a pretty tree for out in the yard. A native. Just mm -hmm. a big again, get it up to size you want. Cut it off of care and it'll take care of itself. Mm -hmm. uh, just just a bulletproof kind of plant. Good screening, windbreak, that kind of stuff. I believe the, the icy blue. Mm -hmm. uh, the, some of the dwarf ones. Dwarf is all relative. <laughs> yeah. Still gets up to 15, 18, right. 18 feet tall, whereas a standard gets up 20, 25 feet tall. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, good yeah. tree. Uh, and then we got some tiger eye sumacs, which going into fall, oh, my gosh, you got to have a tiger eye sumac. They are beautiful. We have one in our backyard. Yep. And it's just stunning. Every fall, I love it. And, there again, that's another one. Get it established. You don't have to water that tree. We don't water watered ours in years. They dwarf a little bit when you when you yeah. do that. These are these are standing. Mm -hmm. Got to be three feet tall. This, yeah. this is the prettiest crop of sumacs yeah, I've it's seen. Gorgeous. But sumac, there's they, again they grow wild, mm -hmm. so they're native. So generally, I'll put them on a drip system, get them up to size, get them rooted, and then once they're the size that we want, we just tape back that ir that drip irrigation and it mm -hmm. never gets watered again and it just grows and grows yeah. but it's, it's famous for its fall color it's, mm -hmm. it's a bright gold it's got green with the gold center thus tiger eye mm -hmm. a sumac and then it turns orange in the fall of the year spectacular mm -hmm. just stunning yeah and we did get some more we're starting to get more of our conifers in yeah. evergreens uh, are here so evergreens uh the little uh, baby blue ice spruce uh, oh we got some vanderwolves finally people have been yes. clamoring for those do we Vander have any big ones coming we do in october okay. so a little gotcha. early for those but we have some smaller vanderwolves in and that's that's we always call it the teddy bear tree because you want to go hug it because it looks so soft 
Lots of new things. The fall crops, we've unloaded mm-hmm. several semis this week. Lots, we're just the whole garden center has been transformed. It has with the fall and winter crops. Mm-hmm. Looks like more is to come, but thank you, Lisa. Yep. Ken and Lisa Lane, the mountain gardeners, and what you can plant in your yard this fall as well. Be right back after this. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Hi, waters with the plants of the week and our crazy blue sage. Covered in clouds of crazy blue flowers that rise up on spikes above the aromatic blue foliage. Relax, this heat lover enjoys summer and blooms like crazy. This water's exclusive sage only grows about knee high by about 16 inches wide. Great for smaller gardens and terrific for hot sunny containers in just $11. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love crazy new bloomers, they love to shop. This is Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center, and we're here at the Garden Center floor asking customers, why do you garden? As a child, I like to do a vegetable garden, so I'm having a wonderful time playing with plants, and I'll go out every day and look to see how much they've grown. I really am surprised at how much I'm enjoying it and reconnecting with my childhood, I think. Waters Garden Center, helping people reconnect. At 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love to garden love to shop. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. Okay, we are back in the studio. And and one of the beauties of having a studio right here at the garden center in your office uh, where you can just get interesting characters. And I would say Andy's a character. He, he knows stuff about growing plants and killing bugs and making weeds go away. So Andy's Andy Dannenberger is, is the senior sales manager. The way, He controls the western half of the country for Fertilone, BPG, Natural Guard, did I describe that even remotely correctly? You did. You did a pretty good job. That right. So yeah. So it's a Fertilome Natural Guard and High Yield. High brands. Yield. I'm sorry. Yeah, we yeah. sell all three here at the Garden Center, and, and we like it because uh, uh, Fertilome is a, it's like a it's a co-op. So the the we're we're like one of the owners exactly. of that company. All of our nurseries and garden centers and lawn and garden distributors are patron owners of our company. Patron owners. Yeah. So we get together and formed this organization and now you listen to us whereas scott's doesn't listen to us or i mean all these other big companies they don't care who we are they're going after the box stores you all actually are supporting the independent smaller garden centers precisely we've been doing it for 52 years our three brands are exclusive to independent nurseries and garden centers yeah yeah so now tell us about yourself andy what how long have you been in in the business, what, what, why are you still in the business? What's your passions? Uh, tell us about yourself. Yeah, well, I have been in the lawn and garden business probably since I about 15 and a half years old with a work permit. Okay. Working yeah. in a nursery and garden center just like awesome. this at Waters Garden Center. 
So I fell in this industry um, real, pretty quick, and then I loved it so much that I studied horticulture in college, um, got a degree in that, and then later in business from a four-year institution. But I have been in all different kinds of capacities. I've been a senior horticulturist at the San Diego Zoo. Oh, I did not know that. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, that, uh, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> I did that awesome. for uh, about five to six years. You know, I worked as a lawn and garden distributor rep in San Diego County. Uh, worked from different manufacturers, and then the past eight years, I've been with Fertilome, High Yield, and Natural Garden. Gotcha. Absolutely love it because I believe in independent nurseries and garden centers, educating them and doing the right thing. So yeah, no, I appreciate that. And and so Andy's here, training us, getting our staff to be smarter, just product knowledge. Uh, what what's what's new coming up next year? What are we going to see? What's the supply chain looking like? You should, there's going to be price increases. We know that. We've already seen that. You yeah. don't have to warn us. Yeah. You could have sent us a text. Yeah, inflation <laughs> is among us. I apologize, no. but uh, you know, raw materials are are hard to come by and if they are there, they're more and more and more. And so, but we're doing good. We're in production now yeah, for awesome. the 2022 season. Um, our fill rate is really good and we're our customers and our dealers are really happy with what we've been doing um not a lot of new products because we're just trying to keep up with what we have yeah, been demand. doing yeah. um now um so what we're trying to do is try to do our best um, of what we normally do and not try to oversaturate ourselves in producing too much um that will in- interfere with the supply chain yeah, so. I, i've been happy with the fill rates Happy with me had to convert a little bit, a few sizes right. or whatever, but you, you kept up amazingly well. So we're, we're pleased. So yeah, here in you. Prescott, Arizona, Waters Garden Center, we're pleased. A new product that you brought out this year was called Decimate. So weeds. So the mountains. We've had a lot of rain. Arizona, a lot of rain. This is broadcast throughout northern Arizona, southern Phoenix right. or north Phoenix. Uh, so so. Weeds are everywhere. Right. People are complaining. But you've got a product that came out, which I scooped up and went, anything besides Roundup. I'll sell anything besides Roundup. <laughs> we can go organics. It's even better. But you came out with Decimate, which is not a glyphosate. So it's not Correct. doesn't cause you know tumors coming outside your side of your face. No. Doesn't kill the dog. Doesn't birds are not going to drop from the sky like Roundup. Well, glyphosates are dangerous. We're finding more and more uh, Decimate doesn't do that but it's still similar so you mix it up in a, in a, in a spray can correct and then you spray the spray the top of the weed and it dies the root and all and the root and all so tell us about that technology how'd you come up with that how does it work so enlighten us right so decimate weed and grass killer works and you spray it the exact same way as you do with other herbicides um, it's called decimate because um, you want to do what Decimate, decimate your weeds. Stuff, yeah. Exactly. So you mix a you mix a few ounces per gallon of water in a in a tank sprayer and you spray your weeds. Um, obviously, you want to do that in the middle of the day when it's warm and sunny. That's when it activates and works the best. Um, you'll see results in a matter of days, um, and it kills the weeds right down to to the root. Now this is is a weed and grass killer. So anything you spray it on will kill anything. So you want to use it around the cracks and corners of your house, your driveway, walkways. Uh, rock yards, things like that to kill weeds. And I'm really excited about this here in Arizona because you guys have gotten a lot of rain. The monsoons came through. They've been very favorable for you. But the unfortunate thing is now you have weeds. Weeds Even if uh, you had the weed fabric down (laughs) below the rock, you still have weeds. We're telling folks, 
I have found, because I've used a lot of it here at the garden center. It's how we keep it all weed free in the landscapes or in the garden center. And we're mixing the spreader sticker. There's a wedding agent that you all make. Correct, yeah. In the same container. So we got a backpack sprayer. Um, it just We mixed the decimate with the spreader sticker. And I notice it kills faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to wait till in the middle of the heat of the day. You can go at the end of the day when it's cooler. And you still get the same. You actually get better knockdown. Yeah, How better, does that work? better results. So... Well, like what you said, Ken, um, spreader sticker is a surfactant. And when you mix that with the herbicide, it makes it work better. It actually helps it stick to the leaf surface to where it allows the, the decimate enter the leaf better and faster, and then it, you'll have better results. Gotcha. Yeah. That's good. Good yeah. to know. So, and it's more concentrated. So it's more concentrated. It's 24 and a half. The decimate is 24 and a half percent. And like I said, it's a few ounces per gallon of water. Um, so you don't, it, and it goes a pretty much a long way. Um, and it's, it's, it's glufosinate. I don't know if you want to get into the yeah, whole glyphosate, glufosinate, but we don't it is good. molecules and stuff. We, it's we, safer than Roundup's yeah, good. <laughs> we we kind of, we, we just kind of say, you know what? It's that glyphosate alternative that's yeah. better for you and yeah. for your house and your kids and family and everybody else. So. It's a little bit more expensive, but not per gallon when you mix it up. So it's, mm-hmm. you're using less of it per, per, it's concentrated. Correct. So it's, it's actually a better value for, especially for larger yards. I mean, you're going to use, you're gonna, not going to spray once and done. You're going to spray every week to keep up with weeds as much rain as we've had. Right. Now, I've also been telling folks about every, at least twice a year, put down weed and grass stopper. Right. To, to keep the weeds from coming up. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to us just how does that work? Yeah, you carry, a, you carry a product called High Yield Turf and Ornamental Weed and Grass Stopper. Um, the active ingredient is called Dimension. Um, not a big deal for y'all, but um, Weed and Grass Stopper is a, an herbicide or a, a product that you apply. It's granular, so you apply it like a fertilizer, and it prevents weeds from germinating. So what it does is it creates a little kind of like a gaseous layer at the top inch of the surface of the soil and prevents any weeds from germinating so it it gets to that little layer and then stops um, the weeds from germinating Um, if the soil gets disturbed you'll have to reapply but it's a great product to apply especially early early spring um, is a really really good time you can do multiple applications throughout the year but best time is early spring um, that prevents any of those weeds coming up in in the springtime now, how far down? So you put that down at recommended rate. How far down into the soil does that You penetrate? actually do is not it... have to agitate it. You apply nope. it right on the top surface of the soil, and then you water it in. And then it creates that little layer of barrier to prevent any weed seeds from germinating. Okay. All good. kinds of weeds. So I've been telling folks, kill the weeds that are coming up, because you obviously don't have any weed and grass stopper down. Kill those who decimate. But then apply on top of that the weed and grasshopper to prevent because you've got more weeds waiting to come up. So if you got a weed problem, put the weed and grasshopper down whenever, and then kill off the weeds that are there with decimate. Is tag team going all marine on? Absolutely. Them. So that seems Absolutely. like that would be. Yeah, that's that, worked for me. Is that good that advice? That makes sense. That's the recommendations okay. for everybody. Yeah, you want to prevent them, and uh, and then any existing weeds, you want to kill them with decimate. Yeah, yeah. love it. That's good. Decimate weed and grass stopper. Andy, uh, senior sales rep. You basically you control the western half from California I do, I do. over to. Do you go I to do. Oklahoma or? 
Um, I don't. I have I have uh, seven other field reps that work in different regions, okay. um, but I'm responsible for them administratively. Gotcha. Um, and but yeah, I do help them out um, with trade shows and all kinds of gotcha. stuff. But yeah, it's a it's a good team, and we're a team effort, and we try to do our best for all of our independent nurseries. Fertilum, VPG, and Natural Guard, great products that support little guys. Uh, we encourage you to buy from right. Buy their products through Waters Garden Center. Exactly. Kind of how it works. This is where the experts are because you're not going to find one at a mass merchant, let me tell you. <laughs> Thank you, Eddie. Right back after this, don't change that dial. You're listening to the Mountain Gardener. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to the Mountain Gardener. 300,000? Imagine a landscape needing 300,000 trees. Wow! But that's exactly how many trees Frederick Olmsted planted in New York's Central Park. That guy liked trees. Me too. A 2014 study found the more trees in a neighborhood, the lower the incidence of heart disease. Darwin, Einstein, and Beethoven hung out with trees to help them think. Trees are part of nature that helps us relax, daydream, and feel happier. Plant your own Central Park from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our instant Raywood Ash. Raywoods are known for their handsome fall foliage that turns colors of red to royal purple. Just stunning. The leaves have a fine texture which add a softness to harsh rock yard. At $120, these instant trees are magnificent. 12 feet tall with a 6 foot spread, you won't have to wait for this tree to grow up. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love instant trees, they love to shop. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. There have been so many new uh, homeowners, new residents, new people coming to the garden center. You can tell they're they're new from, we're seeing this year, San Francisco, or that Bay Area, uh, Silicon Valley kind of stuff. They're here. We haven't seen that in a while. So it's encouraging. Welcome to God's country. You're, you're, you're welcome to, to, I know you take some grief every once in a while, but once you're in the in the doors here in the mountains of Arizona, then you can start complaining about everyone else moving in your hometown. So it takes about 18 months, and then all of a sudden you're going, hey, what are all these new people doing here? Why are they building a house next to me? But it takes a little bit of time. But but we love seeing you here at the Garden Center because we want to help you garden better, smarter, better designs. And so which plants are right from here? If you're going over to the box stores, the depots and Lowe's and the marts and things, they're selling things they should not even be selling up here. I'm so embarrassed. Or they're barely rooted yet, and yet they've got them out there for sale at big money. Uh, th- these things need to be finished and fully rooted and, and, and planted at the right times. And so we're here to help you. You can tell they're coming in with plans, which is exciting. They've been doing their Pinterest kind of web research, which we encourage. So I, I want this blue flower. What is it? Well, you know, that one. That one doesn't quite grow here. Can I show you one that's very similar that thrives here? Let me show you this one. So we'll we'll try to give them alternatives or better choices. Like we sell maple trees here, but there's probably 200 varieties of maples, and I'm probably grossly understating that. There are hundreds of, of maples, but really there's only four or five that really do well here because of the wind. 
because of the alkaline water, because of the sun, the intensity, the altitude. But there, there are some that have proven themselves. And so you want to go with those. So there's a, a sunset a box elder magic it's a beautiful orange colored tree that's super drought hardy it's a native grows wild here in arizona uh, the blaze or prescott uh, red maple great plant fastest growing of the red maples that's the one you want to go with you folks in the midwest you don't want that acer rebrum that you're used to back there it leaf tears until it gets really large and then it protects itself but it's such a slow grower that'll be a decade or more before that happens, the blaze does the same thing in, in a fraction of the time. Five years, this thing is a full-on tree. It's beautiful, bright red. Uh, the, the Bradford pears, they're going to start turning red here in about three or four weeks. And Bradford pears in the Midwest, where you get ice storms, they get a bad rap. Here, we don't have ice storms. We're living in paradise. You might get some snows, but it's just beautiful here. We don't have that problem, so it gets a bad rap, but it's actually a just stellar performer here in the mountains of Arizona. You do want to have some of those ornamental or decorative pear trees. White flowers in the spring, great shade tree in the summer, great the last tree to turn red in the fall of the year. So it's just a great tree. So learning those little idiosyncrasies that are different from other parts of the country, uh, the Southern California folks. You're used to Japanese maples. I love Japanese maples. Everyone wants one. Well, they don't grow in the sun out here. The, this altitude, out in full sun, I know the tag says it, but you don't want to make that mistake. It's so painful to watch a tree suffer and slowly die because of sun, sunburn. So, but in the shade, they're magical. So on, on the north side of your house, under the shade of other trees, that's where you really want to do it. So if you need help, if you're thinking about adding a tree, visit your local garden center. If you're in Prescott, come see me. we got six family members that camp out here, and we all know plants really well. This is our living, This is our family's livelihood. We have a vested interest in making sure that you succeed with your landscape, your designs, your, your plants. Uh, throughout the week, we camp out here at Waters Gardens and come visit. We love talking to fans of the show. Hi, Ken, with the plants of the week and our ivory feathers pampas grass. The most majestic of all grasses, this dwarf pampas grass blends perfectly into landscapes. In bloom at Waters now with long stalks of ivory plumes held tall above flowing green foliage that only grows head high. Much easier to maintain, this crop is the nicest you'll find and only $39.99. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love ivory grasses, they love to shop. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.